0: Hi, my name's Tim.
1: And I'm Cassandra. Welcome
0: Welcome to to the the European Soapbox. Soapbox.
1: One thing I've recently had to come to terms with is the fact that we're seniors. And in about a year, I'm going to need to figure out what I'm going to do. So today we are going to be talking about what things we can do with our degrees and what we want to do. So Tim, what, again, are you majoring in and what do you want to do?
0: Those are, those are really difficult questions, especially the second <laughs> one. The first one's really easy. I got that. I am majoring in contemporary European studies. Um, and I've taken a lot of politics classes and specifically in regards to the European Union. So that's what I'm interested in. I'm also majoring in economics um there I've taken a lot of microeconomic and sort of decision labor economics that kind of stuff and I am minoring in german um as far as i what I want to do that that's such a difficult question at times to answer because it's so so hard to exactly predict what you want in your future life and sort of make a plan around what that is but I have an idea because listen you also need an idea for any kind of application Mm -hmm. if anybody asks you you gotta have an answer ready because um I guess this sort of personal anecdote (laughs) um I applied to the business school for the business minor and I was rejected which I was a little bitter about for a while but I've I've gotten over it but one of the the big things that they were like you need to improve this when it comes to, to applying to jobs or applying to scholarships is you need to have a, a clear career, career goal.
1: Right. And even in grad school applications, there's always, or I won't say always, but usually a little section where you have to interest or put in your research interests, what you might do your thesis on, what you want to get out of that degree, like why that school and how that school can help you prepare for whatever career you're going to do.
0: Cover letters. Always have it in there. Very it's great. True. Yeah. And so going back to your original question, what do I want to do? I would love to somehow find the intersection between policy and politics and economics so i'm really fascinated by translating economic research into actually working and good policy that that's something i'm interested in and specifically behavioral economics sort of a social science approach to economics that's the only way i can really describe it but it it, creates a very simple ecosystem for things like defaulting um and i would love to have a podcast like solely about (laughs) behavioral economics later um and so i'll I'll leave it at that but i'm very interested in behavioral economics and econ and at that intersection either in a consulting research or political role of some sort
1: that's pretty solid and i guess with this podcast you've got a little bit of experience under your belt for your behavioral economics podcast
0: (laughs) i hope so i hope so (laughs) Anyway, Cassandra, I'm going to ask you the same question. Can you remind us again what you're majoring in? I'm going to throw in another question, why you're majoring in this and what you want to do.
1: (laughs) So I'm currently a Global Studies major with a concentration in International Politics and a Contemporary European Studies major with a concentration in Western European Politics. Um, And I also have a minor in Spanish Translation and Interpretation, which I think will be useful wherever I go. I, I came into UNC as a biomedical engineering major and then switched maybe eight, nine times. What
0: a transition.
1: <laughs> it's a complete 180 from what I came in with. Um, but I, after sophomore year, which is kind of late in the game for me, I realized I wasn't as passionate as I had hoped to be. I think as a kid, I idolized being a doctor, but when it came down to it, it wasn't something that I was following for the right reasons. So now with policy, there are two routes that I'm most interested in, one being environmental policy, like changing the world for good reasons for as far as like climate change and greener energy and all that. And the other route that I'm considering is security policy. So cybersecurity, uh, I don't know, peace, war, defense kind of kind of stuff.
0: I think, honestly, I don't see that as too far of a jump from biomedical engineering. <laughs> um <laughs> Specifically, the environmental part, like, clearly, you have an interest in it. And that's what you want to do. And that's why you started studying it. And so finding a way to integrate that into your new passion of political science, international relations aspect. that's, That's, I think that's great. Right. And then, as far as, you know, the biomedical engineering comparing to the peace war and defense, they're both highly complex. And highly special. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> I'm definitely gonna go to grad school, so whatever I decide to in those research interest part that I plan to apply to, depending on the school I'll get into, whatever their specialty is, that might be the the path I choose to follow.
0: So other than environmental and sort of peace, war and defense, what are some more specific research interests? Have you thought about that a little bit?
1: I'll be honest. I have tried putting that off for as long as possible. Um, even when, like, I've been looking at my grad school applications, and that question is like one of the only questions I have left to answer. Um, as far as environmental policy, um, I don't know things like carbon taxes or making our shift from oil and gas base to solar panels and green I, I overall, just greener energy to try to save the world. <laughs> I, I
0: think that's noble of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Um, as far as security, that's something that I would have to look more into because I'm not too well versed in that area. But it's something that's always fascinated me, specifically with like working with the CIA, FBI, that kind of area. Obviously, like it's it looks better on TV, but <laughs> I think it would be cool. <laughs> All
0: right, so I guess that brings us to our next question: What do you want, or what can you do with your major?
1: So there, when I was first in this major, I assumed the only thing I could do was being a foreign service officer. So like being a diplomat ambassador abroad and kind of facilitating those positive relationships with other countries, which does
0: sound really cool, by the way. Yeah, I
1: <laughs> thought about that, too. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Um, but aside from being a diplomat, there are things like intelligence gathering, lobbying. Uh, working with NGOs, think tanks, all of these things require an international lens.
0: All right, I got a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. For some of our listeners, and I guess for Tim too, um, <laughs> what is an NGO?
1: A NGO is a non-governmental organization. So it's essentially any institution that does not have specific ties to the government, all if right. that makes sense. Interesting. So it like doesn't get its funding from, or oh, okay. main source of funding from the government.
0: Cool. Great. Yeah. All right. I, that, that was my big question. And <laughs> uh, so as far as like State Department and stuff like that goes, do you, do you have an idea of like what exactly you would do on a day to day, what these careers might look like?
1: So there are five big tracks for foreign service officers specifically with the State Department. One is being a consular office, which helps with evacuating Americans, making sure Americans are safe in another country with visas and... um help reassuring families if they're in crisis. There's also economic officers that help with uh, technology, science, uh, economics, obviously, um, trade policy, and energy. There's management officers that are more leaders responsible for embassy operations from, I don't know, buying houses to like budgeting for Americans, if that makes sense. There's also political officers that help Host political events from the other country to the host country, if that makes sense. So, if like America wants to throw a little party in in Germany, <laughs> I believe that might be what they would be. Doing. Or
0: maybe they want to have like a political meeting. That America. that that's would probably, probably make probably more sense. More, you have to like organize lunch or figure out like yeah. how to host these um, diplomatic individuals, stuff like that. Yeah, the-
1: <laughs> it's probably more accurate. Um, And the final foreign service officer track is the public diplomacy officer, that does more with um, engaging, informing, and influencing opinions of the local NGO groups. Uh, The next generation of leaders is what they say on their website, quote unquote. I don't know, figuring out how to, I guess, advertise policy that could happen to locals and Americans.
0: That's interesting. I, I, I've, my my career, like choices and. Other things are much more economical than yours, um, and I do I do have to say one thing that you sort of left out here is private firms.
1: Right, you so can
0: always translate your degree to a private corporation that somehow needs an international expert in something, specifically when it comes to security and those lines.
1: Yeah, there are some think tanks specifically that do need someone for. To help facilitate relations between their organization and other countries so one that comes to the top of my head is one that we had a representative come to the ces actually recently the bertelsmann foundation it has one individual who i don't know if i am allowed to name so i just won't name him um, facilitates german and american uh, relationships so i don't know exactly what they do but from my little meeting with him it sounded really cool
0: those jobs are always really interesting especially when you you never consider these when you're thinking about like oh what do i exactly want to do to in my career and finding people who've either done them or finding a post online about them that that's how you really define what you want to do i mean we spent countless hours on our own sometimes even together sort of looking at our computer and being like, oh, this is really cool. We should, like, you should definitely apply to this. You'd be a perfect fit. Um, And I I think that's where sort of career opportunities and LinkedIn finds, like you mentioned, and just sort of personal connections as well as experience in realizing, I don't want to do this. Like, I think that that's where a lot of, like, the praxis turns into reality.
1: Right. I may, I spent a lot of time on LinkedIn recently, especially looking at, different scholarships or programs that I would like to be involved with post-graduation. And I think that has been a big driver to figure out what I want to do. Like I said, I thought foreign service was my only option with my degree. But after looking on LinkedIn and like connecting with, I don't know, 50 random people and saying, hey, can I get a quick 30-minute meeting with you to talk about what you do, what your foundation does, and any tips for somebody who is new to the major and new to, I don't know, anything international politics related.
0: And I mean, one thing that you also forgot to mention now that I'm thinking about it is you could always go on to get a PhD and teach that that is another career opportunity that stands open to you especially if you go ahead and get a master's
1: I've thought about it I think doing a PhD would be great especially if I find my like one niche kind of I guess subject area but I my only I guess thing for not doing it is I haven't found that passion quite yet although I am very into international relations and international politics specifically once i find that that specific policy that i'm incredibly passionate about then maybe i might get a phd but i I don't know if i want to teach kudos to teachers i think they do an amazing job i think it's incredible that people can do that but i don't know if i have the patience (laughs) (laughs) to work with people (laughs) because i know that there are some college students that i would go ham on <laughs> I sometimes i something. question
0: your patience so i understand <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, yeah it gets to a point where I'm like i can't deal with it yeah well
0: i guess that's interesting i i have always sort of also had sort of fixed image when it comes to what i want to do professionally for a while i was very interested in i i've always i always wanted to work on at a private firm mm-hmm. i was like i want to be a high level manager really focusing on that and I still really want to. I find the power to do good that firms possess mm-hmm. in their environment is really, really impressive. And specifically when you find a company that you really enjoy and you can uh, like the product of and you stand behind their mission and you have a good team around you, I think that that is a fantastic pursuit. And that's something that with my econ degree I've always wanted to do. Um, as far as with my contemporary European studies degree, as I've sort of traveled through CES, what I've really noticed is that it quite almost fits better to working at a private corporation than my econ degree would at sometimes.
1: I think you're pairing with international anything with economics is very very special and it's something that i even i considered and then i was like i can't do econ (laughs) but you can and i think it opens so many doors for you
0: it makes you a broker between countries and between cultures so if you had a for my for me specifically if i worked for a german company i could work in the u.s because i understand the culture but i understand the company and i understand the german culture as well Mm -hmm. and vice versa and so finding that way to sort of translate your skills you can sort of do it to any environment i've Really liked I am not opposed to working at a larger institution and sort of that international level um, Maybe not in the Foreign Service like you said, but sort of on that that multinational fields uh, the EU takes a lot of contractors analysts mm-hmm. stuff like that um, and Consulting firms as well as think tanks if you want to do research but you don't necessarily want to be attached to a university that's what I've sort of realized that if you don't want to teach, like <laughs> you just said, maybe Think Tank is the right fit for you right. if you find that niche area. And so as far as career path goes, there are a lot. For I, both of us. I feel like your degree, it's, it only sets you up very broadly for what you want to do and what you have the possibilities to do it can be much more narrow depending on your interests.
1: Right. So, I th- yeah, like you said, I think your degree kind of broadens your horizons and it's your own passions that really narrows it. Like you can do, I mean, so I have a friend who got a history degree and ended up going to med school. Like your degree does not define what you do in the future.
0: I think that's great. I think that's great. <laughs> as long as you have a passion about something, go for it. Yeah. I feel like that's the, that's what we should empower people to do this episode. We gave them an idea of what we can do with our degrees, and they if they love it, follow us.
1: You can do so much more than what your degree tells you. you yes,
0: can. that I think that is great empowering.
1: Yeah. So with all of that, I hope you guys learned a thing or two about what you can do with your degrees, and join us next week on the European Soapbox. The European Soapbox podcast reflects only the opinions of the authors and do not reflect the views of any affiliated and or mentioned organizations. We are students still in the learning process, so information should be taken with a grain of salt and not blindly accepted. The information is for informational purposes only and do not intend to serve as any recommendation. We do not intend to isolate anyone on this podcast and encourage diversity and differences in opinion. The European Soapbox stands independently from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. The authors are the sole owners of the Rights to the European Soapbox podcast. As students, we ask for the opportunity to grow and improve in our podcasting journey and progression as individuals. If you'd like to reach out to us, send us an email at europeansoapbox at gmail.com.
0: This podcast is hosted by Cassandra Alvarino and Tim Fry. All music is produced by Till Ehringer. That's T-I-L-L-Y-D-E-A-N dot W-A-V on Instagram. A special thanks to our friends, families, and supporters.